This is Talkin' Mule Deer with your hosts, Steve Belinda and Jody Stemmler. Talkin' Mule Deer takes you on a journey to learn more about the Mule Deer Foundation, Mule Deer and Blacktail Deer Biology and Management, tips and tactics for hunting, conservation issues, and even features some of our corporate and celebrity partners. Now, let's start talking Mule Deer. Hey, this is Jody Stemmler, and we are talking Mule Deer from the 2019 Western Hunting and Conservation Expo. And I'm Steve Belinda, Jody's co-host, and we have a very important person with us. Uh, we have Miles Moretti, President and CEO, back with us. Good uh, to be here. Yeah, and so Miles... Um, Miles, you were our first interview yeah. yes. last year at yes. the very start of the Talking Mule Deer podcast. You are still our number one download. Uh, it's still getting. If you a can believe that. And, and, and getting a number every week. And, and quite frankly, we, we joke about this a little bit too because we were just getting into yeah. the swing of things. We didn't know, you know, it, it, so, so it was levels, a little rough. Steve's levels, you know, on the microphones weren't <coughs> great. Uh, yeah. So, no, well, weren't you quiet? You didn't oh, have yeah, it turned on. Oh, yeah, we had uh, technical difficulties, yeah. had the mic turned off for first half of the interview had to amplify it through the ambient sound that picked up off yeah. of yours and then and did then it in a quiet room so it sounded really weird it was uh, a very uh, quick learning curve for jody and i on this technology yep, but we've so. gotten a lot better and talking yeah. mule deer's come a long way it's come a long way and you know i i, I i've listened listened to it frequently i don't get to hear every week but it's amazing how smooth you guys are getting. <laughs> so I got to give you a compliment. You guys are, you guys are uh, uh, every week. I can just see it gets better and better. Well, I, I, I joke, I've joked about this for a long time. I don't listen to podcasts, so the fact that I'm hosting one now is kind of funny to me. Yeah. So it was, it was quite a learning curve. But I, you know, we've had a lot of fun. We've talked a lot of different things going on, and a lot of water has gone under the bridge for the Mule Deer Foundation over the last year. Yes, and that's why we wanted to bring you back on, is just okay. to talk about some of the things that are going on. Lots. Yeah, sort of like do a state of the state of the Mule Deer Foundation. Yeah, so. yeah, we've we've had a great year. I mean, you know, last year was our 30th year, and now we're going into our 31st year, and and I mean, I mean, just an overall picture, the state of the Mule Deer Foundation has never looked brighter. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of tough issues we got to tackle out there, but but as an organization, we're as financially secure and as and as working like a well-oiled machine, best we've been in 30 years. Well, I and you know, Miles, I think if the reflection of the attendance of the expo and the funds being raised from everything that's going on. Uh, I think that is a good indicator of how well MDF's doing. And also, you know, the board members you're attracting. We talked to Kelly Poole the other day, your newest board member, young, dynamic, energetic, great pickup of a board member. Absolutely. I can't wait for that episode to air. That's yeah, you don't attract one. folks like that unless you're doing really well. Well, so. and, I, and I've had actually a couple of our current board members tell me that uh, they uh, they they would not have come on the board if uh, a few years ago just because they didn't feel like they didn't know what we were doing they didn't feel like you know they knew what was going on and now they said we want to be on the board so we want to be part of part of the mule deer foundation and uh, so that that's that is a compliment to the organization so miles you lead the the, the policy effort i work with you on a lot of that is stuff and remember a few years ago when we would go uh, to an event or to dc and we had politicians saying, what is a mule deer? Now they're seeking you out. Right. I mean, that's, I, I think that's pretty crazy that, you know, these highly elected officials and that now when they see you come over and they go, yeah, mule deer, that's awesome. So, yeah, and that's kind of fun, you know, and it's really now when we call, they know who we are. We get appointments with politicians and different people and, uh, you know, getting appointed to some, some uh, 
councils and boards and stuff that we can, you know, where we can help influence policy. Well, and I see that trickling down through to the states and your chapters too, because almost every one of your regional coordinators is being sought out by the states on local policy issues, state policy issues, but more importantly, how to be a chief advisor for those states and those federal agencies and even private landowners on mule deer and conservation related issues. When I when I first started with MDF, the regional directors, field directors were mostly fundraisers. That's pretty much all they did and they had a lot of banquets the first six months of the year. The rest of the year they did some things, a few things, but and that's but, important work. Don't, yeah, yeah, no, that's it's a not. Huge a, part. I mean, that but, drives us economically. Absolutely. That's where our, most of our revenue still comes from banquets. But uh, now they're involved on committees, and uh, and state wildlife agencies are our partners. And so they're on their committees. They're working closely on some tough issues, but also the chapter rewards money that comes out of the banquets and out of the local chapters. We're now out, able to leverage those dollars much more than we used to. Yeah. So. Um, Miles, I know that you're, and, and we've talked to you about this on a separate episode with Jeff Crane. You're on the, the Wildlife and Hunting Heritage Conservation Hunting Committee. Hunting and Shooting Sports Conservation Oh, okay. Council. They've changed yep. the name again. Yep. Um, changed the name. Uh, so tell us, tell, you, tell our listeners a little bit about what goes into the policy side of your, of the organization and of your work. I mean, because a lot of folks don't know how the sausage is made. Well, I, I always tell people, you don't want to see how sausage is made or laws are made because <laughs> it's messy and it's a lot of compromise. And, and uh, you know, you got to show up. you got to be involved. And there's a lot, of, a lot of work behind the scenes that take place. And a lot of it is, is building relationships and building trust with these, with these politicians and, and these uh, administration officials. And so... You know, that, that's a lot of what, what you have to do. And then once you gain that, it really helps you work through some of the tough issues. Yeah, so there's two, two things I want to talk to you about that you and I have worked on okay. um, and that are huge successes for the Mule Deer Foundation for Conservation. And you deserve tons of credit for this. The first one is, well, the second one will be implementation of the Secretarial Order 3362 uh, that was signed here at the expo last year. But the first one, and, and I keep telling everyone that will listen, which in some cases isn't a lot of folks, but in, in some, some circles it's no other. No comment. The, the 2018 Farm Bill included the Sage Grouse and Mule Deer Conservation yes. Act. And that's something that we worked with you uh, from the grouse partner standpoint. You and I worked on it. But you really carried the ball for that. Tell us how that process worked over three years. Well, it, it started with we were, we were running into some problems getting our projects done, you know, some bureau, bureaucratic things. And so uh, we reached out. Just necessary bureaucracy, just, yeah, nothing yeah, that nothing, was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just, it's just this process was very cumbersome, very time-consuming. And so we, we and asked. And you don't have that time. Sometimes after right. a fire, you need to be able right. to get in there and do some restoration projects. You don't have the time it takes to do right. some of the, the, uh, the, the background work and paperwork that was right. being required. So I, we, we went to Senator Hatch here in Utah, and he had a staffer that took, took the issue on. And he, we, we met many times with the Bureau of Land Management, made sure that what the bill we were putting together was, was not something that was really going to complicate their life. Or, but So we worked hand-in-hand hand with the agency at, before we made the, as we made the legislation. And then luckily, because we did it for sage-grouse, we were doing it for sage-grouse and mule deer, 
Well, New Mexico doesn't have any sage-grouse, so we, we but they have a lot of mule deer. And we were able to bring in Senator Heinrich from New Mexico. So it's bipartisan. Bipartisan. And he's an avid hunter. He's yeah. got racks in his office in D.C. And him and Senator Hatch, who are probably pretty, pretty polar opposites, opposite. you know. and, and Maybe not the farthest end of the spectrum yeah. there these yeah, days. But, but, but they're yeah. They are out there. So, But they, they put this bill together, and we struggled, and we struggled. We had a companion bill in the House. My, my representative, Chris Stewart, here in Utah, uh, was the sponsor of it, but it just wasn't getting any momentum. Well, and it's not necessarily, I mean, it, it's, it was a, a function of the process in right. D.C. these days where a lot of good stuff was yeah. not right. getting done. Right. It, it, right. it was... But there was visibility. There was continued bipartisanship. You were getting co-sponsors, but it wasn't getting the traction because nothing was getting done. Well, what I liked about it is you didn't rely on one vehicle to right. move it. You put right. it out there multiple places, attached it to some other bills that died, and ultimately yep. it landed in a, in a in a bill that moved. So. Yeah, and 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 you know, kind of as the retirement gift, I guess the Senate kind of let made sure Senator Hatch was able to clear his legislative agenda, and luckily we were one and. They inserted it into the farm bill the, as it was being reauthorized. And as we know, the farm bill was a little nip and tuck there yeah. right before the year, end of Congress and the government shutdown, whether we would get that or not. But luckily we did, and it, and it was in there, and the House approved it. The only change was in our original bill, the cap on the, on the work was 3,000 acres, but they raised it to 4,500 yeah. acres to give us a little more flexibility. Uh, in the in the work, but uh, that's the only change. So, Miles, just a quick synopsis of uh, the provision in the farm bill for sage grouse and mule deer. It's for proven habitat projects, uh, thinning, uh, cutting juniper, even has some chaining in there and other things for those species habitat work. Um, up to 4,500 acres, still working with uh, the local agencies on, on implementing this stuff. But we're going to be able to streamline the NEPA process, the National Environmental Policy Act documentation and approval process, to get these things out on the ground quicker. And it's going to allow some monitoring and maintenance of those projects through time so that they stay effective. Yeah, I mean, it's going to really help us accelerate our habitat restoration program, especially on those those areas that have either been devastated by fires or that are overgrown with pinion juniper. Because really, a majority of the pinion juniper in the West is under 100 years old. And so that's trees that have invaded into, into the, our rangelands. And, and they just aren't the best food for mule deer. Yeah. You know, when they are eating pinion juniper, they're about to die. So we've got to keep those rangelands healthy, productive, and not just for mule deer, but for all wildlife. Well, and with the advent of, of invasive species like cheatgrass, medusa head rye, increased fires and you know just natural succession where things want to grow into good habitats we need to be more proactive and that sage step habitat type has been needing some of these projects to, to clear out to get back to the more traditional sagebrush forbs right. to get in there so this is these these projects it's, it's benefiting mule deer but benefiting sage grouse but all the 300 species that are uh, that live in these sage step habitats right, right? the yeah. other thing that's nice about it miles is is the product if you do a thinning or you create, you know, get into some really good juniper or other pinion pine, you're going to be able to use that product now. There's right. not going to be a prohibition on it right. to offset the cost that it takes to do the, the Yeah, work. there's some real unique opportunities. In fact, we've run into some, some uh, 
you know, usually if, if you want to try to use that product, there's no market for it. And so right. we're also helping to develop that, which will also help us to, to recoup some of the costs of, of, of the projects. Yeah, and then the final thing I'll say on that, and, and, and this is extremely important, the Farm Bill has been primarily a private lands thing for since 85, when the first Farm Bill was signed. Now, this is a public land provision. So for BLM lands and Forest Service lands, we're going to have the ability, you know, that the Farm Bill and future Farm Bills, we're going to be able to improve and expand on that habitat management, particularly in the West, where most of our public lands are. And well, I think that can lead us to a lot more opportunities. But, but it, ha it has been private land, but the Sagegrass Initiative was using farm bill dollars yeah, through the environmental quality. Yeah. So it's not unprecedented. It's right. not, I mean, it, it, it's a revolution, a connection of yeah. recognizing private land, public land connections, the synergies between management across barriers, right. across borders yeah. that are really just a line on a map and right. really don't matter to the animals that are moving across sure. between those. You know, maybe in, in the livestock situation, you can control them a little bit better, but in the wildlife, they don't know who owns the land. So, yep. so the, the second policy thing, Miles, we want to hit on was, uh, as I mentioned, the, the Secretarial Order 3362, Big Game Migrations and Winter Range Conservation. Uh, tell us a little bit about how that's moved forward and what MDF's working on there. So. Well, I can, I can guarantee you there's no way I saw how big this initiative was going to come a year ago when the Secretary of Interior was here. Hey, that was a big order. deal. Come on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was a big but deal. But to see but it I actually had, come together is I, what's been I, fun. I, I had no idea that it was going to... I literally explode across the landscape. Everybody in the world wants to be part of it and is part and is has different pieces of it. And so it has really been a game changer for us. And we created a, a, a migration uh, and big game winter range uh, initiative. And we're working uh, with the state wildlife agencies, the, the federal agencies that uh, we can do a lot of coordination a lot, and also some habitat projects. And we well, got a grant. We, we, we got a grant. Yeah, yeah. we got that two hundred thousand dollar grant, yeah. and we we have worked with a couple of the other states to put in for the habitat portion of that grant. It, you know, and we've also been advising these folks right. with our partners on how to implement this stuff. And I think that's the feedback I've been getting is is thank God you guys are here and understand this stuff and can help us through this uh, this new federal process. Yeah, it, it, it's been a game changer, and, it, and it's really, uh, really, you know, changed how we're looking at where we do projects. Um, you know, some of this GPS collar data is showing these stopover areas. It helps us to key into those areas, uh, important areas where we can prioritize our habitat projects, and uh, and just, just a lot of coordination with uh, among the people that are using the landscape out there. Right. Um, so... One of your key employees just came and sat down with us, Mike Lauder. He's very, he is very quiet sitting down. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very impressive. I'm relaxing. Which is, <laughs> well, well, I, you know, we can say that Miles is busy during Hunt Expo, and it's true, but truly your staff is usually much busier than you are. No, I'm yeah. kidding. But, yeah. but, but, but Mike Lauder uh, is the director of field operations. He oversees all of the activities of the regional directors, helps with chapter development, big picture. We talked with Mike at the beginning of the season last year as well, so we're happy to have you back to talk about state of the state of mule deer foundation as far as chapters oh my goodness absolutely thank you thank you for having me first of all there's so many good things going on we're growing we're we're developing we're hiring new rds in new states we're we're entering territory we've never been 
Pennsylvania. Uh, Pennsylvania. How about uh, yeah, Minnesota? Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, Minnesota. Uh, expanding in Span- Kansas. We are running all over the place and doing great things. And I think it's just the perception of the public have finally found a place where they can come be part of the MDF family and become a volunteer and it's we're on fire this yeah. this organization we're the cool kids i mean it, everybody <laughs> wants to be part of that crowd we're a family ori- oriented organization and our rds are running around and and that's that's conveyed to the people that that uh, associate with our organization just just so you know i'm the cool grandpa <laughs> <laughs> and i'm the son he never wanted yeah <laughs> so we had the uh, volunteer He's the godfather <laughs> the godfather right we had the volunteer recognition event this morning, which is our chance to honor the hard work of, of the chapters and the individuals um, for what they do to raise funds for the organization, as well as to have those volunteer days that work, as we've talked about in a number of times, about the in-kind that they to showcase. to showcase what we're doing and, and, and making projects on the ground. Tell me a little bit about you know some of the, the, the highlights. for My for favorite that. event of the week, to be it perfectly awesome, honest with you. I, I am easily entertained, and that one for me is just the most fun you have these volunteers from all over the united states come into one room for breakfast and they're recognized for their efforts whether it be efficiency at their own event or it was a participation on a project and sweat equity hours we have more 60 percent net club uh, chapters now that we've ever had. That's amazing. And now and, we're touching and 70 and 80 and 90 percent. Yeah, explain the net, how you come to that. I stuff. draw this like a sword. I'd love to explain this. So we have what's called a chapter rewards program, which no other group has, to okay. my knowledge. And a portion of the money raised at those events can be allocated by that chapter for a project in their area with in conjunction with their local fish and wildlife agency. So they, based on their efficiency and how good their chapters are and how well they perform at their events, are allowed to allocate a portion of those funds. Well, everybody is always shooting for that 50% mark. That's kind of where you you shoot for in business. After that, you know, good things happen when people support good groups and uh, we get 60, 70, 80, and 90% banquets now. That's when they get the, the meals donated, the facilities donated. Uh, it's super exciting. And now we're seeing hours. We have gold, silver, bronze hours, and we have thousands and thousands and thousands of hours that that's so amazing. Have it you is. compiled that, Mike? I mean, it will be compiled. It's okay. brand new. It's only two months old. So we have the event, and then there'll be a compilation, and it'll probably come out in our magazine. I imagine yep. that'll come across your desk, I, Jody. I'm sure I'll see that, and that's it's, good. That's always so exciting. It, to I, me. I, I stand up there, so much. and I am humbled to be in the room with those great volunteers, and it's so much fun to see how much our or how we've evolved as an organization, and, and the things that we're doing on the ground are super exciting. Now, Mike, as we've been sitting here for the past few days. On the screen behind us, so has Steve been and I are looking at our our our, our, our interviewees <laughs> while we're doing it, and their back is to a television screen. Yeah, so on this big screen has been the projects accomplished for each state for each and the state. money spent, the entire amount of money that they've spent, the and individual projects. And it's funny because those aren't necessarily current. That money's right, always yeah. being spent. So that's what it was when we went to press for the show. Wow! In the last ten years, or even just 2018, how much conservation work? Did we get back to the ground from well, the Well, total across the organization, we were right at $3.5 million. That's all funds, not just chapter rewards, because we're really good at leveraging our for, dollars. For habitat projects. For habitat projects. On I the want ground. that clear. That's not operating budget. No, no, that no, is no, no, no. That's habitat on the ground. On the ground. And that's Action. hard dollars, yep. not the in-kind hours, right. too. Correct. Right. So you Absolutely. can probably assume that there's a match or a leveraged. And it can be anywhere from four to one, 
to 12 to 1. You know. Yeah, Randy Morris would tell us it was three to one or four to one yeah. in California this past yeah. year, which is just awesome. Yeah, so. it is. It's a it's a great way to to leverage your money to do a lot of great large scale habitat projects. Okay, so here's the, the the massive important question: How do you top it? Where are you going? What's, yeah, you know what we ask down? we ask each other that every year. <laughs> every year. But you know what? Every year you do. So tell us a little bit about what we've got going forward for 2019. You know, we're on the right track. I'll start, and then I'll let you finish yeah. with the big picture stuff. But uh, we, uh, we, Miles and I talk about this quite frequently. How do you top what we're doing now? Because every year's been our best year. You know, we're on a fast-moving train, and, and people are jumping on this this crazy thing we have through this organization. Did you just say they're jumping on the crazy train? The crazy train, train yeah. absolutely. That's the headbanger in me, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> um, they played that last night. They did. Actually, when for John the younger Bear generation. It. It's, still That's my, it's still a man. Ozzy Osbourne reference. Absolutely. Yep, yep, yep. I can do that all day. So anyway. <laughs> all aboard! <laughs> anyway. Uh, he has a lot perfect. <laughs> we, we're doing such great things. Dun, dun. We don't know dun, how dun. we keep topping Stop it. it. Mike's talking. Jesus. <laughs> Be <laughs> we respectful. Gotta, we got to just stay focused. Stay true yes, to the course. stay focused. Stay true to the course, Steve. Yeah. Um, that's what's made us special, I think. No we doubt. don't deviate. We don't get off the path. We are a habitat, mule deer, volunteer-based organization. We don't get caught up in a lot of the other things that can distract from our, our cool common goals or our, our true goals. And I think that's why we keep getting better and we keep, we're doing the right thing. Yeah. Anytime you're bettering yourself every year, you're doing you're on the right track. And again, it's getting noticed not just, I mean, in every state, um, all of the agencies, all the way back to DC um, and a lot of, I mean, it, the, the, the press coverage of projects, of events, of things that Mule Deer Foundation is doing. It, it, well, it, I'm impressed. Every time Jody and I are, or we have an interaction with one of your staff, the things they're doing, the places they're going, the money they're raising is just phenomenal. I don't know where they get the energy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so and that's got to come from you guys. I mean, that's really got to be, you're, you're letting them out there, you're setting them free, you're giving them a goal, and they're just exceeding well, our wildest I, expectations you tell so. i have a sports analogy a lot of the time we don't have a real structured way about how to be successful and i use sports analogy if i call a post and you run a slant you end up in the end zone you'll never hear from me so they're finding creative ways to get into the end zone and, and whether that be through recruitment retention uh habitat working with their state game agencies we've set some criteria for each RD, we want them on their state committees. We want them to interact with their, their state agencies. We want them to be Mr. Mule Deer in their own state. And these guys aren't working here for the money. They're working here because they're passionate about this organization. And anytime you're passionate about something, it's real. And they and that, that conservation is, is real. It spills over into <laughs> yeah. the to the volunteer base, in my yeah. opinion. And then they take Absolutely. it to the people that they come in contact. That's the growth you're it's, seeing. It's hard not to be inspired and motivated when you go yeah. out there. When you see the projects, when you get out there and put yep. your hands out, you go to a banquet and, and start to, or, or, or come to the Hunt Expo and see these dollar figures there. You see the aisles filled. It's hard not to be inspired and say, wow, this is, again, part of the crazy train or good train. I want to get on. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? I know when I go visit with a government agency, biologist or executive, I usually reach out to the field staff there and say, okay, you know, give me a fact sheet. And I'll go in and, I, and they already know what y'all are doing. I don't have to explain it to them. We're, we're received with welcome arms and they're like, how can we do more with you? So, I mean, that's... It's that's, a cool time to be part of MDF, yeah. it really is. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I, I think that's, that's the passion and, and, and of, our, our, of our, our employees and our volunteers. I mean, I, I, you know, a couple of years ago, it just started like, I mean, I use the term, our, our volunteers were on fire. I mean, you know, literally. <laughs> Wait, I mean, which, when they, we're dealing with the uh, ramifications yeah. of fire, <laughs> yeah. that may not be the best yeah. analogy but, to use. But, but. Man, they, 
I mean, it's just it's just exploding in the enthusiasm and infectious, you know, and, and it's infectious among the whole group. But what it is 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 they're out there and they're doing fun and they see they're making a difference and and that's really really what's attracting people to the fruits of our labor. Absolutely. I guess. Yeah. Well. So Miles, one of the other big things that I think's going on is the the, uh, the stewardship program. And the uh, expansion and, you know, bringing Kevin Zeman on and really, you know, getting that ramped up to a couple million dollars a year. Yeah, and those are really good projects. They're, they're, they're can be expensive projects, but they're also, uh, you know, accomplishing so much more than, than you know, some, when I first started, we didn't have a lot of money. We were doing random acts of kindness is what I say. Now we're actually being able to impact landscapes. And, and that's now where we're starting to see the, some really dramatic results. So, guys, um, anything else we need to be looking forward to in 2019? Any special events? If any? you haven't had the opportunity to, to, to come to one of our, our banquets, that, put that on your schedule. Yeah. Yep. That's something yep. you should get out to. And we can find that schedule. Yeah, where can you find that? On and a banquet you, near you, they can get you lined out. Yeah, and if you're not a member, we'd love to have you as a member to get our magazine, find out more about it. We send out news releases, e-blasts. But uh, if you want to be part of something fun right now and you're not a member, you need to be a member of the Mule Deer Come Foundation. join us. Come join us. Gentlemen, thank you so much. I know I know Hunt Expo is so crazy, and I'm teasing because Miles obviously is always running around just as much. So, so yeah. it's not like yeah. he's a Yeah, Shauna says i got to go sign checks now. <laughs> <laughs> Gee. <laughs> But we really appreciate you guys carving out a little bit of your time to help okay. us under, you know, see where things are and to kind of celebrate the one year of talking mule deer. Yeah. Um, to yeah. look forward from what we've got going on. We appreciate year. you guys giving Jody and I this opportunity to basically promote and advertise what we're doing together. Yeah. Excellent. And we really appreciate your leadership. You know, both of you guys are great helps and you know are, are doing great things for conservation and i think we can only go up from here so well, we appreciate yep. you guys and the yep. good job you do yeah maybe you guys even should get a raise someday <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking with about that <laughs> i'm gonna keep talking about that we'll save that no. for another program no. <laughs> so if you see miles or mike or any of the mule deer staff anywhere throughout the year come up thank them buy them a beer buy them some coffee sit down with them and really let them know how appreciative you are as a conservation of, of what they do. Yep. Offer to help because we you're love talking welcome. to people. We do. So. so until the next time, this is Jody Stemler. And I'm Steve Belinda, and thank you for talking Mule Deer. Thanks for talking Mule Deer with Steve Belinda and Jody Stemler. The Mule Deer Foundation is the only conservation group in North America dedicated to restoring, improving, and protecting mule deer and black-tailed deer and their habitat. MDF is a strong voice for hunters in access, wildlife management, and conservation policy issues. To find out more, visit www.muledeer.org and stay tuned for the next episode of Talkin' Mule Deer.